Hello and welcome to Markets Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. My name is Han Tan, Chief Market Analyst at Exinity Group, which is the parent company of global brands such as Alpari International and FXTM. So the Federal Reserve wrapped up their June meeting less than 24 hours ago and they have delivered a hawkish surprise. The dollar climbed, gold prices fell and there's a risk off mood in US stocks right now. Futures contracts are pointing south at the time of this recording before US markets open on Thursday, 17th June. So much to unpack here. So what did the Fed say? To answer the question, we've got the newly minted chief market strategist of Exinity Group, Hussein Syed. Hussein, always a pleasure to have you on this podcast. So let's get right to it, sir. Your key takeaway from that Fed meeting. Ahan, you know what? I was getting prepared for a surprise and I still got surprised. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. This wasn't what the market had been expecting. I wrote a note uh, just before the Fed meeting that you need to watch the dot plot. And I was anticipating a kind of uh, bullish move over there, um, uh, expecting um, the dots to climb a little bit higher, but they did climb really higher than uh, the March meeting. And this was probably the biggest surprise of the Fed meeting that now they're anticipating two rate hikes in uh, 2023. And this uh, change of tone as well was kind of uh, surprising. So before heading into this meeting, you know, whenever we get a spike in inflation numbers, everybody just says, hey, it's okay. The Fed is not worried about inflation. Why should we be? It seems now, yes, they're still saying it is kind of transitory inflation, but they are also worried that inflation could be running higher than anticipated. And this was clear with Jerome Powell's uh, remarks. So, as you know, the Fed, they do have now a very tough job. The labor market is running below target. Meanwhile, inflation is running uh, above target. So they need to strike this kind of right balance on how they should begin tightening monetary policy and when. And I think this this meeting, this last meeting, they just announced that they are ready to start with this process. Talking about talking about tapering, right? And we'll get to that line uh, exactly. more in just a bit. But real quick, just to give you folks some context here. So this dot plot is basically just a chart with a whole bunch of dots. And each dot represents the outlook for U.S. interest rates for each FOMC member, all right? So uh, we have posted a screenshot of the previous dot plot from the March meeting going into this week's meeting. And you can find that on one of our market analysis on forextime.com. And you can also find those online as well. But yeah, you're right. That hawkish surprise is, you know, compared to, say, coming into this year, the thought was that the Fed will keep U.S. interest rates near zero through the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are one or two members who were saying that, hey, we got to hike sooner rather than later. But at this meeting, it's now confirmed through the dot plot that most of them are penciling in two U.S. interest rates hikes by 2023. So I think that was the surprise there. Now, what do you make about the, um, the phrase that Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, used? Talking about, talking about tapering. What do you make of that? So it is simply, he's just saying that now I have the right 
to put this framework on when we are going to start this process. Maybe it's not going to be in the next meeting. Maybe he will provide further hints on when the process will start. Maybe it's going to be during the Jackson Hole Summit. Maybe during this time frame, they're going to start uh, not just talking, but just giving us more clues on how the process is going to start, maybe when it's going to end, uh, there's going to be a gradual one, uh, is it going to be specific amount of tapering uh, each month. So uh, now he's just saying to the markets that, listen, guys, uh, we've been very nice to you throughout uh, the past uh, <laughs> one year or so. Uh, we will continue to be nice with you, but not as much uh, as before. So yes, you can rely on us somehow, but now you need to do uh, possibly your homework before uh, getting into investments and choosing which asset classes you want to, to put in your portfolio. Our job is to protect the economy and we think that we've done a great job so far. So uh, now it's time to remove this aid a little bit. Yeah, and we'll get into what asset classes that could really pique investors' attentions uh, later on in this chat. But going back to that, talking about talking about uh, tapering thing. Uh, well, real quick, tapering is the idea that the Fed is ready to pull back, ease up on some of its support measures for the market. So as we know, since the pandemic began, uh, the Federal Reserve has bought over two and a half trillion dollars worth of U.S. Treasuries at the rate of about 120 billion U.S. dollars per month. But now that the U.S. economy is recovering and markets have been, you know, like Hussein said, markets have clearly delighted in those asset purchases. Now it's time to start unwinding some of those support measures. So that's what we call tapering. All right, so uh, the talking about talking about uh, phrase there is a shift as well, isn't it, Hussein? Because before that, it was thinking about talking about tapering. So before that, even they were not thinking about yeah. thinking about <laughs> tapering. <laughs> I mean, these terms they they sound simple, but they're kind of complicated. But they're simple statements, but they have huge impacts on the markets, right? That's true, and this is what what we've seen last uh, last night. Maybe the, the impact wasn't so much in equities. Yes, we saw, for example, the Dow Jones dropping by more than one full percentage point before correcting a little bit. The S&P also uh, dropped heavily. But if, if you just look at, at the uh, reaction in the treasury markets, and this is could be the main driver next for uh, most of other asset classes, we saw that treasuries just spike incredibly. And I think this was the fourth largest spike we see it in a Fed meeting since 2011. It is becoming clear now that the Fed is shifting gears. Probably they are taking it kind of slowly, but with the projections of interest rates, uh, of economic forecasts as well. Look at the GDP there. It's beating now 7% growth for this year and then more than 3% next year. So they cannot justify staying at this course uh, for much longer with uh, such robust uh, economic data. Yeah, and even inflation as well. The projections for this year has been revised upwards by about uh, one percentage point as well. One percent, one full percent, exactly. Yeah. So at one point, the Fed needs to say that, yes, these numbers, they are transitory, but there is risk of some parts of the inflation being uh, sustained. And, and this is the kind of risk that 
Jerome Powell highlighted, yes, we think that it's going to be transitory, but there's also this risk of running above targets. Going back to that, uh, talking about talking about line there, sorry, I keep harping on it, and I'll explain why. Um, because it, it keeps evoking this song in my head. Though. So Hussein, I'm going to ask you this. I'm not going to reveal how old you are. I believe you're younger than me, but um, are you at all a fan of disco? Uh, honestly, no. I'm a very kind of a boring person who likes to stay at home. Uh, so maybe this was during my teens, but not through the past uh, 20 years or 25 years. Oh, I'm very old. Now just figured out like, yeah, I'm really getting old. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hum a tune for you and see if this sounds familiar to you. You mean you've seen them in memes, like they're so popular, like they kept using it over and over again in these viral videos. No? Nothing? Yeah, I did. I did. It kind of rings. So there we go. So this riff is from the, or this hook rather, is from the 1980 disco hit from Lips. And the song is called Funky Town. And in that song, that hit song, uh, there is this riff that goes, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. So every time I hear the Fed, you know, talking about, talking about, that song is always playing in my head. Though. Like, Hussein, you need to get up to speed with your disco knowledge. Make sure it's on par with your market knowledge. I'll try my best. Lips Funky Town, 1980. All right. So, okay, make the business here. Look, what does that actually mean for the markets? You know, because earlier you spoke about, okay, well, fun times are over. The Fed is talking about, talking about, pulling away that punch bowl, right? They're going to start easing up on their treasuries purchases. So which asset class are you looking out for between now and then? I mean, keep in mind, this is all the market activity uh, that's going to happen before the Fed actually starts tapering. I mean, the idea is that the tapering could maybe only start by next year. So it's now about the Fed's signaling about when they might think about tapering and markets are already reacting to that because of the forward-looking nature of the market. So with all that said, which asset class are you paying attention to? When I look at asset classes, I try to look at the moving parts of the market. And as I mentioned before, interest rates will be one of the major things, uh, credit markets, uh, treasury yields. And my belief now is yields will continue to go higher, maybe and will not go by large magnitude, but they will continue rising, maybe approaching uh, the 2% benchmark by, uh, by year end or close to the 2%. This will be driven not just by the Federal Reserve, but also by uh, economic growth in the US and elsewhere on a global scale. Uh, and of course, with the Fed withdrawing or willing to withdraw the pandemic uh, aid. Having said that, when I look at asset classes, uh, especially to most our, of our currency traders, I think this could be a turnaround also for the US dollar. Uh, heading into this meeting, and if you look at the CFTC data, uh, you will find out that speculators have built back up like uh, net short dollar bets of uh, more than $14 billion. And I see uh, a lot of room for this uh, kind of positioning to... Uh, to reverse uh, over the next several weeks, unwind, yeah, exactly. And probably uh, it, it could be sending the dollar 
higher, especially against currencies like uh, the euro. Many were betting that the euro will continue to climb over the next uh, several months. Targets were even close to 1.25 and 1.3. I don't think this will be happening this year unless we see a big surprise. I don't know what kind of surprise, but you know, as analysts, as people watching the markets, as investors, you need always to be prepared for any kind of surprise. Overall, I think I think that volatility will be higher over the next six months compared to the past six months. If you see volatility as of yesterday, it was near the lowest point so far this year or since the beginning of the pandemic. I think with that, that this will be starting to elevate uh, a little bit uh, more. And I will stay, or I will not stay away, but probably I will uh, reduce my positioning in non-yielding assets like gold, for example. Uh, and, and we saw like a massive uh, reaction in gold uh, dropping over the past uh, two days. Uh, so I, I think now the, the $2,000 benchmark is going to be uh, far away into the future, unless again, we see uh, another surprise, which I don't know uh, what's going to be, but so far yeah, this is what I expect. In terms of equities, I will continue to be increasing the value of uh, increasing the portion of the value uh, equities. Yeah, of course, of course, being very selective, uh, very selective at this point. Uh, when you look at the market, you can see that some valuations they just don't make sense at all. This doesn't mean that I will be away of uh, from from growth equities. I still like the uh, growth sector. I still like these big names. I still like the fangs. These are the companies who will produce most of the revenues and uh, profits uh, for the next several years. What I would also consider is adding, for example, banks, industrials, energy. These are the sectors that will benefit most of uh, higher inflation and higher interest rates for the foreseeable future. But one of the things that I would also consider is increasing the cash. As mentioned before, volatility will spike, and this could lead to uh, some sorts of correction in the market. And during this correction, it could be a good chance to increase your allocation to equities again. Right. Increase your cash exposure and perhaps you know, trimming some of your risk exposure for the underlying uh, fact that the Fed is now closer to removing its support for the markets. You know, Hussein, I'm also glad you mentioned gold prices because I know gold is a popular product among our clients. And about a month ago, uh, back around mid-May, I'd actually written an article with the title Six Reasons Behind Gold's Recent Climb. And the sixth reason, and arguably one of the most important uh, reasons behind gold's climb, is the dervish Fed, right? So now that you got this massive or this major contributor to gold's climb being taken away, it seems to set up gold prices to unwind their recent gains much easier than perhaps it is to attain that $2,000 mark, right? So we'll have to wait and see. And I'm sure between now and then, we'll have plenty of markets extra episodes for you to digest on and we'll be keeping you guys updated on not just what the Fed is saying, but also how markets are reacting. With that, I'd like to thank Hussein for his time and his insights. And be sure to subscribe to Markets Extra, available on all of 
your favorite podcast platforms. We've got a new episode for you every fortnight. In between episodes, be sure to check out our daily market analysis online.